This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons, tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. God, folks, welcome. We are live here with Pastor John Terrell, Thursday, October 26, 2023. Brother John, do you want to open us in prayer? Yes. My Heavenly Father, thank you that today I can be again on Omega Man Radio. Every week I thank you for that because it is a privilege to be able to preach the gospel and to share the truth and in the Bible. I ask you again, Father God, to just guide me, fill me with your Holy Spirit again, and let every person be guided by the Holy Spirit as they listen and help them to understand, help them to remember what they hear today, Lord. They will not go in one ear and out the other. And I thank God, I praise God for the anointing upon all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Take your time, my friend. Over to you. Okay. Um, What I want to do today is this. There are two things that uh, uh, we have the war going on in Israel between Hamas and Israel. or uh, they, They started. And then last night... We had a severe mass shooting in New Hampshire, which uh, is an area where normally they don't have mass shootings. They don't have a lot of crime uh, in that particular state. And as I uh, watched the news late last night as they broke, and I was praying what exactly to do Today on Omega Man, I'm, I'm working on turning God, turn off the devil, and about guidance. But I want to put in a segment first here, see how far this goes, about demon possession. Now, the alleged shooter that they believe is the shooter in last night, 
uh, <clears throat> is a uh, military instructor. He actually is for the National Guard. He was uh, a sh he was an instructor on firearms, how to use firearms, how to shoot, to train people to do that. He's a very skilled marksman. And at the same time, he was also an outdoor man. He would like to fish. Uh, he liked to hunt. And he had a boat that he used for his fishing and so on. So it sounds like this is a normal person. Now, it was stated yesterday. I haven't really watched the news this morning that much that he had some kind of a breakdown last summer, which is be probably might be three or four months ago. And um, he was in a mental institution facility for two weeks for an evaluation. He complained about depression, and he also complained about that he was hearing voices and uh, so uh, they checked him out because the establishment does not understand spiritual things they don't understand about demons um, somehow they dismissed him and simply said you're okay um, I don't know if he gave him any drugs or of that nature but apparently, yesterday, he snapped. Now, he had threatened to go to the armory where he was, uh, the National Guard was located, and simply shoot it up. And uh, so people had heard that. I'm sure they heard that the mental institution, but they simply dismissed it as nothing. So... Let's leave that case right there. I want you to think about that case right now. Why did this guy snap? And uh, the numbers are between 20 and 22 people were killed and about 50 to 60 people were injured as he sprayed them. He had a semi-automatic gun and as he sprayed them in a bowling alley and also in a restaurant. Let's go back now to last week. Last week on an airline, and this was the Alaska airline, it was a flight going from Seattle to San Francisco. Now, all airlines have this custom that uh, you have a pilot, for example, that flies to into a certain location, and uh, either he... Uh, stays 24 hours in a hotel and then drive another airplane back or he can simply get on another airplane and they have what they call a jump seat in the cockpit where they have pilots or other personnel that they want to ferry from one place to the other. So this particular pilot around 40, 41 years old. He uh, flies in his airplane to Seattle, walks off, and then uh, later, 
that day, he catches another flight back. This time, he sits on the jump seat in the uh, cabin of another airline that is flying down to San Francisco. As he sits in that airplane, in a cabin now, which is very crowded, he reaches out for two controls that simply cuts the engine, stops the engines, and begin to... If you have an engine problem, they have a fire device, so they just spray in the engine to put out the fire. Well, he was grabbing two controls, and he was about, he started pulling them back when the uh, other two pilots in the cockpit figured out that this guy, if he did that, they were going to crash. So they simply whacked him back, uh, put the throttles back where they should be, and then they started to on uh, automatic pilot. So they started a fight in the cabin, and they were able to kick him out and um, into the regular, into the cabin of the airplane. And there, the pilot that now was crazy simply said this, uh, you got to put me in handcuffs because you, uh, I need to be in handcuffs. So he was beside himself. So they did strapped him down, and uh, then they landed it in Portland, Oregon. He was arrested, taken before a judge, and he's now sitting in some kind of a prison cell, actually in the, in the jail. He's charged with 83 attempted murder and a few other charges. The background on this guy is... He has two children, married, uh, live in a small town in Middle East California, and um, has a good reputation in, in the community. Uh, he's been um, coaching children. Uh, I don't know particularly if it was baseball or uh, soccer or whatever he was, but he was was part of that, so they... He was helping out in the community, and he was well-liked, and he had no problems whatsoever. And then suddenly, he goes crazy on an airline and tries to kill everybody, including himself. He told the judge in the court that I thought I was dreaming, and uh, so I just wanted to wake up. So I thought if I pull these, you know, I wake up from a dream. He thought he was in his bed. That's what he said. And uh, so, and he also had another excuse. He said this, I've been depressed for six months, very depressed. And the day before he was flying back, he had taken a mushroom, this is a... Um, type of a drug made out of mushroom and uh, you really go crazy on these particularly mushroom you, you don't want to drive a car or, <clears throat> or you don't want to fly an airplane <clears throat> after you've eaten mushrooms <clears throat> that's for sure so the question now is this why would a guy that's married normal guy been with the airline for 21 years, perfect record, 
no disciplinary actions. He's been a good pilot. And suddenly the guy freaks out. And by the grace of God, the other pilots were able to get him out of the cockpit and stop the airplane from crashing. If the airplane would have crashed, no one would have known why did this airplane crash? Because they probably would not have time to even say anything. So let me give you. Now I'm, I'm not going to give you anymore. I'm going to have these two examples right now that I want to work on. So is there a common denominator? Obviously. The shooter in New Hampshire is demon-possessed. The airline pilot that tried to take down the plane was demon-possessed. That's an assessment that I can make and know that I am very accurate on that. So how and why did they get demon-possessed? I believe that we have a silent epidemic of a spiritual disease called pornography. As a pastor, I made a decision in 1990 when I got my first computer and I got on the internet. I made a decision that I am never going to go to a porn site to check it out. I know a lot of pastors are heavy into pornography. And it started out where they simply said, well, I, can, I want to preach better. I want to know what's going on. So I'm going to check out these porn sites to see what they do. Once you do that, you get hooked. Highly demonized. And so I decided I'll never do that. And I never have done it. I don't need to do that. As a teenager, I was introduced to pornography through my dad's stash of magazines. And of course, they were very mild. They would, they would be like you have a, a catalog today from Victoria secret or something like this. Uh, that's a pornography that was back in the 1950s. They are totally different today. But pornography is an opening for evil spirits to come in. Here's what I want to tell you men, and I want to tell the women this. Men are very vulnerable to pornography. Men are very vulnerable of women that we see on the streets, in an office, in a store, and for some reason, women like to show their wares. So they dress very scantily, very tight. I mean, you know, they simply said, I want you to see what I got. 
And women are not sexually turned on by looks. They are turned on by words. They want to be talked to. They want to have attention. They want it to be nice to them. They, they want, and when you do that, that stimulates them. Where a man, needs, he sees a picture, he gets turned on, he's ready to go. And so we got to recognize that men have a problems and we need to address it. And the question then is, how did I survive all these years without succumbing to different things? Well, I said certain things in order in my house. As a pastor, I made a decision years ago, I will never counsel a woman alone. I will not go to a woman's house that is alone and visit her. I will never take a woman out to a restaurant for a lunch or something like this. And so I always had somebody with me. When we went visiting, and our time we visited single women, we were always two of us. I always had either my wife with me, I had a deacon with me, or an elder with me, but I never went alone. And um, I made sure that what I, I want, because I'm a man, I have the same problem everybody else got. That's how we all wired. So I know I have to protect myself. I have told people this over the years. The first look is free. That's not a sin. It's a second look that now you start sinning. And then it goes to the third, the fourth, and so on. So pornography is a powerful, potent weapon that is right now circulating in our nation and in most nations in the world. And because of the computer, because of the the video, not the, well, they, have, they had vid, vid, sex videos and so on, um, it is more than just a picture. You can actually watch in a course on your screen. Um, you can watch people getting killed. Uh, you can watch child pornography where they are torturing children, having sex with children. Um, people pay premium for what they call snuff movies. When the woman, it could be a man, it could be a young boy, it could be a young woman or a child, they are brutalized and then killed. And they film it and they also have the sound with it. So you can actually hear a person being murdered screaming and gasping for air and just pleading for mercy until you hear them just, ah, and they die. People are praying premium 
money for that kind of thing? Who are the watchers? Who is watching this? This is being watched by Americans. Now, the media blames the Mexican cartel for human trafficking. And they say, you know, this is horrible. You know, we got to get rid of the Mexican cartel and we got to stop little young boys and girls from being sold into sex slavery. Well, I would go a step further. If there were not any customers, there would be no one selling these children. If there were no customers, there would be no whores on the street. So it's a customer-driven business, which indicate to me that in the United States, a huge number of men are simply hopelessly addicted to pornography. They become demonized, filled with demons, and eventually we will have events like the shooter yesterday in New Hampshire, like the airline pilot last week, they try to take an airliner down and so on. At this point now, I want to shoot in another story. And what I'm telling you here is things that I have experienced, I have observed. I have observed this. So we live in a little town called Sheridan, where we have a church, a little country church. And uh, up the highway from us, three miles, is another town called Wheatland. Um, there's a Air Force base, was a huge Air Force base here uh, uh, years ago. They're still there, but they took a lot of stuff out. And uh, that's Beale Air Force Base. And so you have a lot of airmen there. And so there's a lot of prostitution and so on, not so much in Wheatland, but up in close to Yuba City, Marisville, and Olivehurst and so on. Anyway, there's a little Baptist church in Wheatland. They have maybe 50 60 members, and uh, it's a nice, nice little Baptist church. I mean, they do Baptist thing. They preach salvation. Um, they try to preach holiness. You know, you should not sin, and they read the Bible and so on. It's a typical Baptist church. They had a young pastor. He was about 40 years old, 45 years old, and uh, he had been in the Air Force. He had served the Air Force here for 10 years, or maybe even more. And he had retired from the Air Force. And uh, he uh, got a called him into the ministry, so he became a pastor. And uh, he had a wife and three or four children. So, very nice family. So, this guy, this pastor, comes down to us. We have a... Uh, we have a bookstore, we have an internet bookstore where we sell a lot of stuff, uh, books that are uh, Christian books. 
And I have a lot of articles and so on. So he had heard about us. So he came down, he and his wife came down one day. And uh, we met them in the bookstore. My brother runs that place. And uh, so I came in and talked to him. Very nice guy. Nice looking wife he had and so on. Very, I would say this, good people. And they were talking about things, not shared things with him and so on. And they got some things they bought from us. Uh, being Baptist, there's not a whole lot they could buy since we are Pentecostals. But, uh, you know, we had some kind of connection. I would say probably about a year after he had been down to our place, I met him in person. I probably spent half an hour with him. I heard on the news he had been arrested for child molestation. I said, wow. So here's the story behind this. He was a soul winner, so he liked to go out and witness. He also liked to, he would go out and uh, visit his membership. They had elderly, shout-ins and so on. And there was a girl in the church He's about maybe 13 or 14 years old. Um, that was not his girl. She, she was just part of in the church. And uh, for some reason, he invited her to go with him on the visits to these different places. And the parents thought, well, you know, this is nice. You know, we got a good pastor. He's out witnessing. And uh, so... And our little girl, you know, she likes to learn how to witness. So how beautiful to be able to go with a pastor. Well, what they didn't know was this, that this guy, he was hooked on pornography. And it consumed him. And eventually, it was not enough Listen to me closely now. You start with pornography, and you say that that that's about it. From pornography, it goes to masturbation, and after a while, the demon supposes you need to do it in real life. So he molested this girl not once, not twice. But several times, and he had threatened her whatever he did, so she would not tell her parents this. But eventually the girl broke down, told her parents, and they called the police, and the man confessed, and he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Here was a ramification. His wife divorced him. His four children said, we never want to see our dad again. As far as we are concerned, he is dead. The family moved from California back to the East Coast someplace. And she remarried and 
started over her life again with the children. Now, her, their children was about probably late teenagers and early 20s. So here's a man now. I think he's probably out now. He's done t- 10 years. And um, he lost his wife, lost his family, lost his church. He is simply not trustworthy. Why would he do that? Why would a man throw away everything and be so stupid to have a girl in the church taking her out and molesting her? Demon possession. The sad thing is this, that we don't have a lot of places in the Bible where Jesus describes how demons enter a person. We have in the New Testament the description of people being demonized. We have the description of how Jesus cast them out. Uh, we are told at times what kind of demon, a deaf, dumb demon, a blind spirit, spirit of infirmity. We have some names on them, but we don't have an understanding. It, it really doesn't say in the New Testament how a demon gets into a human being. Paul talks about walking circumspectly, not giving any opening for the devil. And so it's a field that we do not really have any biblical writing on. We, so we, we know the Bible says there are demons. We know how to operate. We know how to cast them out. But Jesus never told us how they got in. And so now the question is, how how do we work this? How did I work this? Because I got, I personally was demon-possessed. I was born demon-possessed because I was conceived out of wedlock. But how do we... How do we know how demons enter into human body? I've been cast, had a deliverance ministry since uh, I do have done this since 1970. So that's 30, mm, about 50, 50 some odd years that I've cast out demons. And it has been a learning period. Because I asked myself this, because I got an engineering background, so I want to analyze, I want to fix things. How did they come in? And my personal observation is this, that when a person breaks one of God's spiritual commandments, as listed in the Old Testament, 
or in the New Testament. That gives the demon a legal right to afflict you. Now, we don't have that in the Bible. Jesus was silent on that. The apostles were silent on that. They just told us how to cast them out. How to deal with them. But I like to have preventive. I want to prevent the demons from coming in to begin with. So, little by little, I have read in the early 70s, I read every book that I could find on demonology, demon possession. I got probably about, in the library, maybe 10 or 15 feet of space on the shelf where I have demonology. We've been casting out demons for a long time. I studied Frank and Ada Hammond, um, what they were talking about and how they did things. I um, listened to other people, um, other ministers that had done casting on demons and one of what they read. Uh, I read about transferring of spirits from Maurice Cirillo. The demons do transfer from one person to the other. So it's been a self-taught course, a curriculum that simply the Holy Spirit directed me to put this together. And in, um, I would say about 1975, I wrote my first handbook on demonology and how to cast them out and I revised that about five or six different times and the final version uh, we produced in 2010 when I, when we had the book Christian Dynamics course number one and now the final version is about uh, close to 300 pages this is an eight and a half by 11 book and I packed in there my entire experience in casting out demons and also how to keep demons out. So, what we do, so there's two ways of casting out demons. One is, you don't know nothing about the person. With brute force, you go in and you cast out this demon and that demon and that demon and so on. If the person is not too entrenched, it works for a while. Then all the demons come in. So I prayed and I thought about how do how can this be done in such a way? For example, when we are in a hospital before surgery, everybody's scrubbed down, everyone is sanitized. And when you do surgery, you don't want to have an infection. How can we sanitize or how can we protect ourselves? So I learned there were 92 biblical curses. 92 biblical curses that, that I did not 
search these out. These these came from uh, Frank and uh, Ada Ada Hammond. I got that list from them. I probably added maybe a few things, but there are ninety two biblical curses where God said, "If you do this, you are cursed." So we put them together, and when they do a deliverance, we start out with breaking these curses. In other words, we tell people, you've done this, you've done that. Are you willing to repent of that? Are you willing to break the curse and get rid of it? So that's how we start. And when we do that, after 92, most people don't go down to 92. They go down to maybe 60, 70, 40, whatever. But after you've broken the curses, they begin to feel much lighter. And I said, well, that's because you got some chains abound of her. Now, after this, we go into traumas. And we have made up a trauma list that we get because everyone coming to us, they have to write the biography. So I like to know that background. So we deal with traumas. Um, and we also deal with um, family curses. For example, people have Freemasons in a family. They might people have witchcraft in the family. Um, whatever has been alcoholism, drugs, and so on. So we do a total cleaning up of a person. And once we have a person totally cleaned up, he's repented of everything and so on. Now, I learned this. I have removed every legal ground for these evil spirits. And when we cast them out, I very seldom get a lot of problems. Once in a while, I could have a nasty demon that fights me. But I learned this, we get them out. After the deliverance, I tell people this, it's hard to go through deliverance, but it is harder to keep your deliverance. Much harder. And so we tell, and Jesus told a person, was I think it was a woman, was caught in adultery, and he simply said, go and sin no more. So how then do we stay free of demons? By simply making sure that we don't break God's commandments. Now, does that mean you have to be paranoid? No. I drive my car. I'm not looking for the cops. I'm not paranoid. I drive with one hand. I look around. I listen to radio. I'm totally relaxed. Because I know the traffic laws. Don't run a stop sign. Don't run a red light. Don't speed. Don't do that. I just observe them naturally, and I cruise on the road. No problem. The same thing in your life. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. You know the Ten Commandments. You know the, it's what Jesus said we should do or not do. You should know about forgiveness. So that's how you navigate. So we have taken through a number of people, and then we have a follow-up course, 16 weeks, they do that from home, do a lesson a week. It's discussed with a counselor. We take things out. We put things back in. Because 
I know this. If the demons come back, it'd be seven times worse. So, as a good surgeon, spiritual surgeon, I want to make sure we have a clean surgery and then that people are able to stay clean and not again get infected by demons. Because demons are powerful. I want to tell you a story, not as generic, so this is not, uh, there's no name on it, there's no time on it, there's no uh, location on it. But uh, I was working with this particular uh, family, and um, uh, the man simply portrayed himself to be very spiritual, very spiritual. And so uh, the wife had some problems, and uh, I prayed with her and so on, and I said, we need a little deliverance here. So she hung with me as we did a session a week um, until we came to the breaking of curses. And then she said, I can't go on anymore. I can't live it. I just can't live it. I said, okay. So, some time later, I got a phone call from a woman. And she said, I have to tell you the truth. I said, okay. What's the truth? She said, my husband is addicted to pornography. He's been addicted for since he was a teenager. She said our sex life is horrible. He's abusing me. He's in my mouth. He's in my vagina. He's in my anus. There is all type of activities. He has sex toys. We're watching videos. He wants me to perform like the women. And she said, I am devastated. Three times I had to be rushed to the hospital because I was beaten so severely, particularly in my face. And I said to the woman, well, didn't the doctors notify the authorities? No, they did not because I lied. I covered for my husband. I told them I had a fall. I fell down and hurt myself. A third of the fourth time, she did t- turn him in. He was arrested and slap on the wrist and the band still is on pornography. I confronted a man because he constantly said, my wife need deliverance, my wife need deliverance. And so I confronted him and I simply said, look, you need deliverance. 
we have to start with you because you are the problem. He got very angry that I found out that he was a pornographer. Hear what I'm telling you right now. This man spoke the language of Zion perfectly. He had a very good church vocabulary. He was very knowledgeable in the Bible. He could quote. He had read the Bible back and forth many times. He could quote from the Old Testament and New Testament. He prayed very nicely. You know, the prayer type we do in church. Oh, our Heavenly Father, dear Jesus. He had all the lingo. But inside that man was a pack of thousands of demons snarling, screaming, cussing, filthy, hiding. Just like the pastor we had up here in Wheatland, I would say the pilot last week. The man that shot some 20 people yesterday, they have one thing in common. They are demonized. And it all starts with sex addiction and pornography. There is pornography for regular sex. There's pornography for the for the homosexuals, there is pornography for the transgenders. This is a huge industry located in the San Fernando Valley, California, where they have a group of studios that do nothing every day producing porn, smut, the worst kind, child pornography. You have men and women, by the thousands, living in that area. They're paid good money. They live in nice suburban areas. And in the morning, they go down, get undressed, put on whatever they do, and they fornicate, commit adultery in front of the camera. It's live. Sound, huffing, puffing. They do torment. They cry. They scream. That is what is destroying America from within. I'll never forget David Wilkinson, which I met and uh, in, in a conference where four days where he personally ministered to me and my wife. And he told us this. He said he had gone down to New Orleans one time by some kind of a conference that he had. So, so the people in the hotel, someone in the hotel told him this, he said. Our biggest moneymaker is when we have a Christian convention here. Pastors, Christian leadership, and so on. They 
watch more pornography than any other group as they sit in their hotel rooms after they've been having church in the daytime and listened to speakers and sang their songs and talked the words of Zion. And he told Dave Wilkinson, this is what they do when no one sees them. I'm going to wrap this up right now. I haven't used any scriptures here today. But I want to use one scripture for you. That is from, uh, we're going to go to uh, John first. First John chapter 1. And it says this. But if you walk in the light, as he's in the light, that Jesus, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, his word not in us. I do notice that there are people listening to me. You have been in pornography. You are in pornography. You are masturbating. You are hopelessly stuck in this. And you don't want anyone to know about it. You might be an elder in a church. You might be a pastor. You might be a Sunday school teacher. There's also women involved in this. And you listen to me and you say, bam, that guy described me to the teeth. Listen. You heard this because the Holy Spirit wants to save you. He wants to get you out of this. He wants you to repent. You can be set free from this scourge, from this addiction that is actually worse than cocaine, than any other drug, alcohol. Pornography is more deadly it holds a much higher, stronger grip on you. It's more addictive than anything else. And every time you watch it, every time you masturbate afterward, you say, oh, God, I did it again. But you got to realize you cannot stop until you get rid of the demons. That's the bottom line. If you want help, now I do know that Shannon Davis, they cast out demons so they can help, you can contact him. But if you want help from our ministry, we will help you. We have the way that we do it. And you go to our website, eaec.org. That's eaec.org. European American Event Crusades. And it's a contact form there. And you can write us, you can call us, and simply say, I need help. I am hopelessly bound by pornography. It's killing me. We will work with you. I can guarantee you this. I have 
cast out demons from people coming out of Anton Levi's group, groups, Satanists. I cast demons out of witches. I cast out demons out of just about any group we have. I never met the demon yet I couldn't subdue in the name of Jesus. So I don't care what you are, how much you've been in it, how bad you are. Jesus is more powerful than the devil. The power of the Holy Ghost will break the joke that is on you. The power of the name of Jesus will do it. But you have to reach out for help. You have to say, I need help. If you don't cry out for help, then we can't help you. So go to our website. Write to us. Call us. And say, I need to talk to someone from John Terrell's ministry. Either I will call you or someone else will call you for the ministry. And we will make an assessment. We will tell you what you can do and cannot do. And it is up to you then to take the lifeboat and get out of the water and stop drowning and get pulled to shore. The choice is yours. In closing, every Sunday we have a service in our country church here. Um, and we would like for you to join us if you if you live close to the Sacramento area in California. I would love to have you come to church. But if you can't, you live in other states, maybe not a country, not a continent, you can watch us online. Every Sunday, nine, actually 8.30, we start with music, 9 o'clock. We start praying for about half an hour, and then I start preaching for about an hour, an hour and a half. And you go to our website, it says weekly webcast, click on that, and that takes you to our weekly webcast. If you can't watch us live, what you can do is this. You can go in anytime after we have done a recording, it stays up on the internet up to next Sunday morning. So you can go in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever you want to, and listen to the webcast that we had the week prior to that, <clears throat> that what we done last week. The last thing I want to do is I want to talk about money. I do know this, that Shannon Davis is not a rich man. He's full-time in the ministry, he has a wife, three children, lives in Indonesia, of all the countries. And they might be a little bit cheaper over there, but still it costs money. And I do know this, if people do not support Omega Man Radio, eventually Shannon will have to say, I got to put bread on the table for the children I got to pay rent. I got to get another job. I have to quit Omega Man Radio. If you want Omega Man Radio to continue strong, you need to support Channel Davis financially. So please go to his website right now after we finish here and find his donation page. Hit one of the buttons and give him an offering and say thank you, Shannon, for bringing the gospel to us. May God bless you as you give to Shannon Davis today. Back to you, Shannon. Thank you for coming on today, brother, and that word. And uh, this was a great teaching today. Uh, brother John, what shall we 
title the episode for this archive pornography is deadly excellent okay I'm going to get this uh, uploaded here in the next hour folks please share it with a friend and get over to eaec.org you're going to love that website brother John we love and appreciate you and thank you for coming on today my friend God bless you and thank you very much. Love you, friend. We'll see you soon. Take care. Okay.